Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, Susan here, Inside Yorkshire. Now, today I'm talking to Jonathan from Yorkshire Dale's Life. I know quite a few people have been curious to know um, a little bit more about your background, Jonathan. So, good morning. Good morning. Now, you've moved to the Yorkshire Dales from Leeds, I understand, was it? Or from Leeds area? Yeah, from the Leeds area, that's right. From from the Leeds area yeah. to a stress-free life now, which uh, I think uh, you can say that you're living the good life here. Yeah, definitely. Uh when you wake up in the morning now and look out the window and it goes straight across the Wensleydale, right up to Hawes and across to Midlam, it's far better than looking at a traffic jam or a double-decker bus that's queued up outside on the road, um, rather than inhaling fumes from cars and buses. I now um, get to smell the fresh air and anything that's coming and wafting down from the farm. Um, yeah, it's, it's not always the most pleasant of smells, though, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice. And you it's definitely healthy. know you're in the countryside. Definitely, definitely. And the traffic jams here can be resulting, as we were talking before, from a flock of sheep or a tractor. Nothing, uh, not long, long queues of uh, of cars belching out exhaust fumes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I used to live in a place where it used to take literally, could be up to 20 minutes just across the main ring road to get to the other side. With the traffic, uh, like you say here, you might come across anything from a sheep or a wandering uh, goat or mm. uh, or a cow or anything like that on the road, and that's probably about as much traffic you're going to get, or the odd tractor, uh, although tractors do drive a lot faster than you actually think. It's the people in the in the impatient people in the background who want to overtake them, yet they're normally moving along basically. And now then, what um, what drew you here? That's what I'm curious to know. Well, I ride a motorbike and I used to drive, or I used to ride one hour to get here to ride round the Yorkshire Dales. Um, so I know the area from that. Um, previously, uh, parents-in-law used to live in Midland. And uh, so we knew Midland very, very well. Uh, and the racing and the connection to the racing and the racehorses there. Um, so I've always loved the place. And it was just a dream. I work from home. So why not, really? Uh, it was a case of finding somewhere to live um, which fit what, what I want, which is basically views near a farm and in the countryside, basically. Quality of life. Yeah, all about quality of life. Mm. Uh, removing the stress and the hassle of city life uh, because stress is so bad uh, to people and it can affect them so badly and they actually don't know it. So they just get locked into a daily routine of stress. And life's too short, you know. Mm. Here, it's every day is different and we're in the countryside. Uh, Much more relaxed um, pace of life altogether, isn't it? Completely, completely. Yeah, so myself, when I first moved here, I didn't realise quite how much I'd be hooked <laughs> hooked to the lifestyle, but um, I've been here a long time now and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Because you work from home, you could, in theory, then work anywhere, couldn't you? Yes, I could have worked. Uh, I could have um, lived anywhere in the world, for that matter, really, as long as the key thing for me is I have broadband. Uh, that's my only requirement for work. Um, and moving one of them 
things are moving here in the Dales is actually, believe it or not, you get better broadband connection here and faster broadband connection here than we did uh, just outside Leeds. You're fortunate then. Where I am, it's awful. <laughs> we have a rural broadband provider, which really seems for upload speeds a lot better than um, than BT. But it's been quite. It has. It can be very frustrating at times, and it can take a long time to do do things. Where I am, we don't have super fast. Although the next village along has, waiting for it to uh, become viable for them to to stretch it out a bit further. So you've got a good connection here. I've got super fast broadband here. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and mainly because we're only six minutes away from walking from Laban Town Centre, which has obviously um, got fibre. Mm. Um, so I'm quite lucky. If you go another two, three, four hundred yards outside from where we are now, the speeds will drop mm. down the further you go. So yes. that was one of my, one of the deciding factors of moving here to this particular cottage was the fact that I had super fast broadband and the fact that the speed is faster than I did had in Leeds. Uh, that, that's amazing. I would never have thought that. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and it makes the job easier because. Although you're typing on a keyboard here, I'm actually typing on um, a server that could be located anywhere around the world. So it could be, you know, it could be in New Zealand, it could be in America, and the time it takes to get there and come back for you to view what you're typing is critical. Um, if it's slow, it's literally like t- typing at half speed. Uh, you're waiting for everything to catch up. So uh... I know the frustrations because I have had people that I want to interview where it's not actually suitable for me to always have to drive there. And it's quite frustrating because my broadband speed won't allow me at present. I'm still experimenting on that one. I have a couple of people down in Sheffield that I want to interview. I may have to go to Sheffield at the moment because we've not had... I might pick your brains on that one later. We've (laughs) not had a great deal of success, let's just put it that way. We've been trying for a while to try and get both ends of the conversation um, manageable and it hasn't been working. Now then, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about t- today is um, your fundraising for cancer research. I know that was what first brought brought you to my attention, is the fact that you, since you've moved here, I don't know how long you've had them, but you now have quite a little posse of chickens who are laying a variety of, of coloured eggs, shapes and sizes, and you actually give them away free, but for a donation to cancer research. And you're raising quite a bit of um, money for them, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. When I moved here, one of my uh, dreams, not only to live in the countryside, was to have some hens, some chickens. I've never had hens or chickens ever before in my life. So it was a big a big learning curve, very steep. Um, but I found a breeder who uh, is in Beedale, just down the road, so local, and he uh, is a young farmer, Harvey, and he managed to give me lots of hints and tips. And yeah, I jumped into it feet first and then realized that they're all laying eggs every day, um, more than I can eat and more than I can give away. And I decided one day, well, what can I do with these? So I thought, well, I'm going to sell them, not sell them. Actually, I'm going to give them away in return for a donation to uh, Yorkshire Cancer Research which is uh, specific to the Yorkshire area that funds several universities uh, in the Yorkshire area to do research. Uh, And I thought, well, why not? Why not do something? Um, If I can get some money for these eggs, then that's what I will do, basically. 
And last last month in January, we raised just short of £50. This month, it's probably going to be a little bit over £50. So at the end of the year, uh, these little hens and chickens will raise well over five £600 for what I think is actually a really good cause. And the, the fact that um, they've all got quite distinct personalities, I think, probably makes it enjoyable for you too. That's right. Uh, I never realised until I came here and got hens how... Uh, individual each per each chicken has a personality mm. some are shy some are bold some are brash uh, some are bossy um, they they um, they entertain me every day day in day out there is nothing new uh, there's nothing the same every mm. day it's it, every day is completely new the way what they do like having a little family out there it is it is Uh, and Vina the dog she loves them as well even though she's a a Lakeland Terrier but she actually has grown to like them and gets on really well with them (laughs) can you tell us tell the listeners then some of the names because I found that quite amusing well the names actually came from I went to my family members nieces nephews and daughters and son uh, and asked them to name them so we've got from uh, the family who's living in New Zealand, we've got Kiwi, uh, who's a white star who lays white eggs. And we've got Benedict, which came from Eggs Benedict. Uh, <laughs> she's a white star and she lays white eggs. Then we've got Daphne, who came from uh, a niece who's in Harrogate. Uh, and we've got Henrietta, that came from my daughter. And they're russet blues and they lay tiny little blue eggs. Uh, however, as you found out the other day, the egg itself inside is not much different to some of the big eggs. The yolk is the, the yolk, yolk, but the, the yolk, white correct. is the white smaller. The white smaller, but the yolk's mm. the same. Uh, and then we've got two. Um, there's different names for these hens, but road rocks or black rocks. Um, and my son named one BB, and my daughter named the one Perry, which I only realised was actually after Perry Perry Chicken a few <laughs> only a few weeks ago. Uh, and then we've got uh, Meatloaf, who is a Rhode Island Red, uh, who my son named after, after going to see Bat Out of Hell in London. Um, and the last one is the one that I named, and she is a speckled Moran, and suitably I called her Mrs. Moran. Mrs. And, Moran. And as it happens, she is the, the boss of the flock. She She's in charge, basically. <laughs> she's the matriarch, is yes, she? Yes, <laughs> Rules the roost, yeah, literally. Yeah, rules mm. the roost. Yes. So, as you're saying, quite a steep learning curve for you, actually. Um, you, you've built the, 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 well, what are they? They're not they're, hutches, they're, they're pens, coop. aren't they? Coops, a coop, okay. Coops. A coop on a run. Uh, and when I first when I first got the the coop and the run, I thought maybe that I'd just let them out for a few hours in a day, and then I'd keep them in in the run. But it soon became apparent that these chickens were begging to get out in the morning, and it was a learning curve uh, to watch them. So for the first five weeks, I was always out looking through the window, running out, finding out where they are, and basically they get to know their territory, and they won't they won't venture too far. They now know where the road is. And they now know where the farm traffic comes up to get to the farm that I live on. Um, and, yeah, they, they just learn where their territory is. Um, so truly free range then? They are truly free range. They will be let out uh, in the morning. I try and keep them in there for a, about an hour after sun after the sun's risen, mainly so that they eat the proper food 
which is obviously designed to help them lay eggs because mm. that's the ultimate thing that we want them to lay eggs. And then they free range and eat forage, every, uh, forage, they can find. forage from mm. for anything they can find. Mm. Um, yeah. And you post a lot on Instagram, and I know that's that's become very popular, hasn't it? Yorkshire Dale's life on Instagram. You've got quite a good following on there now. Yeah, so I only started about seven weeks ago. The whole idea really was to uh, find a platform to push the sale of the eggs, really, mm. for Yorkshire Cancer Research. So I created this uh, Instagram account, named it Yorkshire Dale's Life. And uh, since in the sort of first six or seven weeks, We've managed to get over to up to about two thousand followers, um, mm. and it's been interesting the the um, the feedback that's come from people because they they not not only love watching the chickens on a daily basis and them coming out of the coop or pottering around the garden, but also the the scenery of the countryside because. When I'm not working now, I literally get out there and go and photograph the beautiful place that we live in. And although um, I've lived here a long time, I think it's the sort of scenery and place where it changes every day. And I don't think you ever tire of it. I'm, I'm speaking for more than 30 years now of being here and you don't tire of it. And each day it's a different light, a different colour, different seasons and um, it is it's a wonderful place to live we're very fortunate now can you um, tell me there I know that we were talking earlier as well about the um, why the drive then to raise funds for cancer research why particularly cancer research are you interested in well last year when I moved here in October uh, a family member was diagnosed or just newly diagnosed with um, a form of cancer and was given quite a, a sort of prognosis of of life going plus 14 months possibly up to 20 months and that was towards the end of November last year unfortunately that family member uh, family member only lasted till just before Christmas so what she thought was well I can do things I can go to uh, dog shows I can go on holiday Uh, in that time period that she was given actually soon became reality that it wasn't going to be like that so really, life's too short, um, and Yorkshire Cancer Research is local to obviously local to the Yorkshire area, um, and it funds universities in in Yorkshire. Um, so it was really a case of, of of why not. And a very good friend of mine, Joyce, is on a local committee for uh, raising funds for Yorkshire Cancer Research, and she introduced me to the charity originally. And I thought, well, I'm going to start selling my eggs. Um, I can't give them away fast enough, so will give them away and ask for donations. Mm. And then, you know, it's gone on from strength to strength then and and yet probably still has further to go, I feel. Yeah, I um, even the other week there's a, a pheasant drive behind us on the farm here and they came down with some pheasants and they gave me some pheasants. So I made some fresh pheasant terrines and managed to raise £15 from selling them to the neighbours, basically. Uh, put my cooking skills into operation and... Uh, and, and managed to, you know, exchange some good home-cooked pheasant terrine in return for some cash for Yorkshire Cancer Research. I wonder what the chickens thought of that then. Yeah, well, <laughs> chickens and pheasants. Although we do have pheasants in the garden, they do come round and mm. pinch the, the chicken food from time to time. They both get, they all get on together, but the chickens do chase the pheasants away. They're territorial. Yes, they are. <laughs> 
Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what are your what are your plans then? What are your plans further on from here? Because you're still quite new to the area, aren't you? And new to the fundraising. Have you anything that you're planning on doing? Uh, yeah. So I want to continue. Obviously, the the hens lay eggs every day, uh, even through the winter. Somebody says, "Well, you you have happy hens because mm. you, they're laying every single day." Um, and so the sales sales of the eggs will go on. I also want to use the my knowledge, um, which has managed to get me where I am with Instagram, uh, to possibly educate local businesses in the Yorkshire Dales area to help them to get better and do better on Instagram. Um, I might do a sponsored uh, diet. Um, part of the lifestyle change here was to sort of cut out what I call stodge. So potatoes, rice, wheat, bread, anything that really, you know, is, is weighs you down and, and, and makes you feel bloated. And ever since cutting that out slightly, I've felt a lot better. And my, my life now is completely different to what it was one year ago completely uh, in the fact that just what I see, the sun, the fresh air, what I eat. Um, so I might do a sponsored diet. I might start teaching the local businesses how they can improve on their social media to help tourism and to help themselves. Um, and if I do that, then I will probably charge a small little fee and all of it is going to go to Yorkshire Cancer Research. As I said before, I work from home, so I have a job and I fit this in and around there. And if I can do anything at all to raise money, um, I will do. That's good. So quite a lot of effort goes into it as well, I'm sure. It does. I mean, just to uh, just to give you a little bit of an insight into the, the amount of time it takes just to run a, an Instagram profile like that and to build it up and to be successful, so I probably spend around about five hours of my day posting and talking and chatting. And everybody who contacts me, I always contact them back. I always answer them back, whether it's on the liking mechanism in instagram or whether it's a direct message uh and i've had so many people come to me to uh basically admire what i'm doing pushing the the eggs for the a great cause and and they're really supportive and also they get to like the food that i cook and i like to share my inspirations on food and the fundraising and of course the photography of the yorkshire dales um, because a lot of people who live in this area take it for granted um, sometimes they don't actually realize where they live. Uh, whereas people who come here on holiday fully grasp, uh, what, what we can get in a, in a photograph. And, um, they're the people who really I'm trying to inspire, which at the end of the day will bring business into the Yorkshire Dales and will help the tourism of the Yorkshire Dales without going too mad and too, you know, spoiling it at the end of the day. There are businesses in the Yorkshire Dales that rely on tourists, tourism coming into the area. And that's really what I just want to do. I just want to help small businesses. Small business promotion. Small business, yeah. Mm. The big boys, they don't need it. No. But the small farm shops, cafes, tea rooms, the small tiny businesses that rely on uh, the extra business or the extra tourism coming in, um, yeah. Anything to help small business, really. So if, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, um, either to be involved in raising funds for cancer research or a local business, perhaps, who wants some advice on 
exposure and um, increasing their reach, how would they get in touch with you? Would it be through your Instagram page? Would they direct message you? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of ways you can get hold of me. If you've got an Instagram account, go go onto Instagram, search for me. It's yorkshiredales.life and just send me a direct message on there. Or alternatively, you could email me, yorkshiredaleslife at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from anyone. I'd like to help any small business uh, increase their social media uh, reach. There's a lot of people who have no idea how it can help them. Uh, social media is a, effectively a free platform. Use it to gain uh, business. You don't need to spend money on advertising um, or promotions or anything like that. You can just simply network and use um, other businesses in the area to really help promote yourselves. Or alternatively, if you can couple that in with some fundraising for Yorkshire Cancer Research, all the better. It's win-win for everybody then. It is. It is. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. That's been great. Yeah, it's been good. Thank you. This is Susan signing out now from Inside Yorkshire.